0: But software that has to do with uh, what we call expiring inventory it can be a theater. It can be car airline, you know, all this where the product expires at the end of the day. I go home and I park the car in the garage. I was so afraid I may do something to the car because she had told me, if you do this, I will charge you that. If you do this. So I parked it downstairs. I take the rental agreement and I re- rush up on my computer the difference in quality if you do it yourself or you have somebody else do is maybe five percent He says, the time you are spending micromanaging him ruins your business you can do other things you know why am i changing the system okay this is the first rule the second rule is now that i'm changing the system what do i need to do differently
1: you are listening to revenue machine the podcast dedicated to revenue management in car rental. We have created it to enhance your genuine zone. I'm Emmanuel Scuto, the founder and CEO of yield and Revenue Machinist. My ambition is to give knowledge and share experience to get inspiration. To do what? To reach a new level of performance, but also to have a better clarity and more freedom in the way you do your job every day. Today, it's my pleasure to greet Vasilis Devletoglou, the, the CEO of InvenSys and the founder of uh, Wheel System, the state of the art. I'm not allowed to, so. to
0: say InvenSys. I will be sued. It's Willsys. Uh, I was oh, threatened oh, oh, oh. by InvenSys in England. If I use a trademark, I have to pay. It's a oh, trademark. Oh, 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 oh. It, wait, wait, wait. Very good, very good, very good for this will be. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. This ah, is going to take long. I hope you have a pizza there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's a good start. I love it. So let me yeah, start again. So the CEO and founder of WillSys. uh, yeah. So the state-of-the-art operating system in Carento. Honestly, we know I, I know Vasilis for a, almost a decade now. We've built a strong relationship together. Not only because we, we like each other as a person and there, there, there is a very good system, but also I would say it's because we aim to enhance our clients together so we want to to deliver and give much more and i think it's really a good fit between our two personality but also our two companies recently i ran an interview with uh with Denis moore the ceo and Sepamat um of Car atlantic in france and he was talking a lot it's the podcast number 10 by the way and he he talked a lot about how valuable it was to work with you. And it was a big migration uh, to move from his old system to, to wheels. So for me, I, I think it would be interesting now to discuss with uh, the other part of the of the equation, which is the, the, the supplier side. I, I've never interviewed any supplier yet. No doubt there, there is many operating system on the market in the current old sector. However, in my eyes, Sys uh, is the most innovative uh, one, not only because of his feature, but mostly because of the spirit. And for me, what makes the difference today is the spirit, the mindset to create, to analyze, to develop, uh, to permanently um, look for a new solution for our customer. So, and some of our clients, they migrated from their old system to Sys, and for them, it was like, Wow, I see the light now. <laughs> so I think it's good right. to know a little a bit more behind the scene. Um, what was your journey, Vasilis? Uh, how did you start? it? What is your story? Why you are here uh, at this level today? So um, it's really my pleasure to have you with us on the Revenue Machine Podcast. So let's start by the, the check-in. How do you feel today? What is your emotion? Uh, you are, uh, by the way, you are based in Greece, and I'm based in California right now. So we have almost uh, a 10 hours difference.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, first of all, thank you, Emmanuel. I have to say that this is the first podcast uh, I'm doing uh, in my life. So I can tell you that I didn't sleep last night, you know? <laughs> uh, Maybe after this podcast, you will see me Netflix in the future in a a different career. But uh, honestly, thank you. It's an honor because, uh, as you said, we have been working together for, I think, over 10 years now. And uh, the first day I met you, I saw a person uh, which, if I would characterize in uh, two, three words, it would be very energetic, uh, consistent i would say and stubborn in a good way meaning insisting you know Um, and uh, i know back back then you were just starting you had launched your new products you were trying to establish your uh, your solutions and uh honestly and we'll get to that later on when i started i didn't get any help uh, besides a handful of people uh so As soon as I met you and I saw this, uh, I said to myself, this guy, first of all, is going to go well. And uh, I really want Emmanuel uh, to be a Wills advocate, a a happy Wills, not user, but collaborator, and uh, that uh, wherever we will go together, engage into projects. that uh, we will both make each other look uh, nice uh, to the customer and deliver uh, results. Mm. So I came in today with a lot of stress on what to say. I drove uh, Vanna crazy, okay. I drove my daughter crazy, but my daughter gets crazy in a few minutes, so she told me that you're a big drama queen, you know. <laughs> uh, that was her uh, emotion about uh, the blog, and uh, she's waiting to listen to hear about it. You know, she said to me, when when can I hear about it? Uh, So once again, uh, thank you for uh, inviting me. Uh, Indeed, uh, SEPAMAT, uh, Europe Car Atlantic, was uh, one of our big success projects. Uh, First of all, uh, thank you so much in public for introducing us to this team. I know that it was a very big organization, and I know that... uh, we had the responsibility to make you look nice at the end to the customer. So your recommendation was also an extra stress for us, you know. Now, when we first met uh, Denis Moore and his team, uh, we went to France, uh, we met them in Nantes. Uh, I have to say they were extremely welcoming, uh, extremely organized, uh, and very uh, organizational, let's say, as a team. In, con- in contradiction to wh- how we operate, and I'll get to you what I mean.
1: I, I, I don't want to go to this, this level because then we, we may... I, I think we can save this, this element to, to a bit later, because I would like to start first, Vasilis, with your uh, your history, because if I'm not mistaken, Wills is about, what, like 20 years old, I would say, more or less? Yes. So how did you start? What was the, the beginning of, of, of Vasilis? As, yes. a, as a as a founder and the creator but also as will see yes what was
0: the story of so uh, back then i was working um, in uh, software companies so i was always uh, in my career a software engineer this is what i like to do to design products uh, work with different technologies and deliver products that are looking good i was working back then at uh, one of the best software houses at the time in greece very big Shop uh, with tons of customers, lots of stuff. Uh, I was focusing on vertical market software. My boss had different, uh, let's say, products assembled for hotels, for gas stations, whatever was vertical market, let's say, they would give it to him. And uh, I was work- part of this team uh, for, I don't know, I remember three years, I think. Uh, So at the end, the company was acquired by somebody else who did not see any value on the vertical markets. So he could not understand why a generic, uh, let's say, billing product where, uh, you know, you can sell to practically everyone, like a small ERP system, has 10,000 customers, and why a hotel software has 100 customers, and why do we need it? You know, never understood that all this creates attachment and one leads to another so we were not let go but we were just put on the side and uh, i was you know as a person i'm really active i cannot sit uh, in the same place without you know moving around so uh, this uh, let's say lake where you're sitting in the middle doing nothing and just getting paid at the end of the month was something that i very quickly dismissed and so i wanted to do something on my own uh, back then I always liked the uh, travel software okay uh, and actually not specifically travel software but software that has to do with uh, what we call expiring inventory it can be a theater it can be car airline you know all this where the product expires at the end of the day and you cannot recover the day not like uh, goods selling or things like that so Uh, I was looking around.
1: Do you you, you know why you have this? uh, Because that's super specific already.
0: I will tell you why. The fact is that uh, I'm not from an accounting background, okay? So I have very little knowledge. I had very little knowledge uh, of uh, accounting practices. And uh, I knew that an accounting system, let's say, or a generic ERP system, would have to compete eventually and be compliant with the laws in other countries and in Greece uh, there were so many big shops offering established solutions which had practically everyone uh, but it would be very hard for me to get in plus it was not so much interesting it's been done already it's there and it's a great product i don't need i cannot have anything new to add to the table for some reason I don't know why. I was always intrigued by this uh, optimization of inventory, you know. Uh, When I did my master's degree, it was in uh, technology and yield management. It was a very specific master's degree, MBA, which was about yield management and uh, technology. And uh, how do you, let's say, uh, communicate technology when, for example, you have factories or uh, overseas uh, teams and the second one part was about uh, yield management your your area of of specialty actually and i was really intrigued about reading about airline systems in the 70s and the challenges they posed and stuff like that so it was something that intrigued me i wasn't so much interested in the front end on the user experience back then but Mm -hmm. mainly on this concept where. what I have today expires, so I need to take good usage, okay? So, f- for example, uh, Dennis' company, if the car is not rented at the end of the day, it's gone. That day is gone. You cannot recover it.
1: Absolutely. On the other hand... It's the same the same problem with the airline. As soon as the plane takes off, it's over forever. It's lost, definitely. When the movie has started in the theater, when the cruise boat has left the arbor when the train has left the platform it's mm-hmm. over it's full it's half empty mm-hmm. it's over it's too late tomorrow and there is also... or the next yes. schedule will be another one to optimize totally agree with you that's const- the core of revenue management absolutely
0: and the second part i was my father you don't know him uh, he's uh, working in uh, car machinery so he's a distributor of machinery for cars okay and i was watching the inventory you know so, if it's not sold today, it's going to be sold tomorrow, it's going to be sold the next month, price is the same, product is the same, okay, so where is, the, you know, for me, where is the challenge? Now, the, the difference between the product industry and the service industry, is so also another one, is that if we go to get in a coffee shop, okay, and we are 10 people on the line, and we get the same coffee, we're going to pay the same price. When we board an airplane like you said we are 10 people and everybody has paid the different price (laughs) you know for the same service actually so you know so this is interesting very interesting also the fact that the product is not sitting in a warehouse but it's moving you know so uh what do i mean the car industry, for example, which is the one I chose. The car can be anywhere, okay? So uh, the, the point w- from where I can deliver the service, which is not for me the station, is actually the, the car is a service. The car can be here, it can be there, it can be in the garage, it can be anywhere, okay? So mm-hmm. this is one extra challenge. And this is where uh, the hotel versus car versus airline is different. For example, the airline has a challenge, let's say, of uh, massive complications in maintenance, in uh, scheduling, because you cannot take the car and put it on the garage. You need to pre-plan all this, there are huge workflows on that. But other than that, the plane has 100 seats, they don't become 90 or Mm -hmm. 105, so the inventory is fixed. The same as the hotel. The hotel has 100 rooms, there are 100 rooms, yes, one room may be broken but they're not going to become 150 just because I have more demand. So this is more stable. You know very well in the car industry where we work. Uh, today I have 10 cars, tomorrow I have 20. Next day I plan, I plan to have 50 cars and I have uh, uh, 20. Or uh, So you understand, it's more challenging. So I thought that uh, back then, doing search on the internet, Whatever the internet was back then, you know, Yahoo and Alta Vista, if you remember the old times. Absolutely. Uh, I found that uh, there were big brands doing hotel software, having all the chains, and I found that uh, on the car rental uh, side there was a gap. So, what did I do?
1: When was Are it, you... a, uh, Vasilis? When? What? What time was? It? What year was it?
0: This uh, the 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 idea was roaming in my head since two thousand and one. Okay. But uh, I, I was uh, so it was something I wanted to do back then. I started thinking about it more seriously in two thousand and two, uh, and what I when I said okay I'm gonna do it, I started you know thinking which is the best time. It was one of the best times in my life. Why? I had my morning job, but in the afternoon I could dream, I could think, I could imagine, you know, uh, what could this do? Now, I knew nothing about car rental. My only rental experience was I had rented a motorcycle in Mykonos and I crashed it like 20 meters after getting out. It was my first time riding a motorcycle, scooter. So, I crashed. The guy comes in, takes back the motorcycle, takes all my money back, and I spend the weekend without having anything to eat or drink besides what my friends could buy. So <laughs> it was the first and only time. First of all, I rode a motorcycle. I said this is not for me. Uh, then, uh, when I decided to do that uh, and uh, exploring, I rented a car for a weekend. So I go to one of the big brands. I won't say the name. And uh, I say, hi, can I rent a car? Uh, yes, they say to me, uh, what kind of, do you have a reservation? I said, uh, no, I didn't even know, you know, about these flows. So I, I said, okay, what can I get? So they showed me a few cars, you know, I was trying to understand the process like a mystery shop, trying to understand, you know, the options, trying to understand stuff like that. And I was lucky that uh, the lady serving me uh, was, uh, you know, she didn't have any queues. It was a downtown station, an afternoon, So uh, she had time to talk to me. Anyways, it was a small car. I took the cheapest car, you know, and uh, then started the drama. I gave my driver's license. I gave my ID card. I gave my credit card and then punching numbers on a computer and punching again numbers on a computer. and, And for 10 minutes, she was just punching numbers on a computer. At the end, she takes my car. She goes to the POS. She makes a charge. And then the printer starts printing, you know. It was like a World War II (laughs) war machine, this dot matrix thing, starting printing a piece of paper slow like a donkey, (laughs) climbing uh, Santorini hills fully mounted, you know.
1: With the dots dots on the side that you have to pull off.
0: Yep, exactly. And evidently the the paper was uh, chewed up, so she was trying to unblock it. And then more keys to it. And then she did the second one. And the second one uh, came a bit on the diagonal side. So my name was actually printing on the logos and stuff like that. I tell her, it doesn't mind. OK, I signed the paper and I'm gone. I go home and I park the car in the garage. I was so afraid I may do something to the car because she had told me, if you do this, I will charge you that. If you do this. So I parked it downstairs. I take the rental agreement and I rush up on my computer. So I say, okay, this is the information that uh, they print, you know. What's, what do I need now? Okay, customer name. Oh, I need the customer name. Say station. Oh, station. Okay, station. We well, have many, many stations, you know. So I was trying to understand the business model based on a piece of paper and then trying to read the the small fine prints uh, behind uh, this dot matrix to read these terms and conditions. Maybe I'm the only person who has spent time reading those to understand what's behind it, you know? And I was seeing words I didn't know, uh, like excess, like, uh, I don't know uh on,
1: on wheels. damages uh extra
0: da- yes extras uh extensions stuff like that anyways i took this piece of paper and uh i started my first design so my first design was a something that can print the piece of paper okay so simple as that now back then we had started having also you know Laser printers, we had stuff like that. But I didn't focus much on the I just wanted to see the you know the the experience. Can I print this piece of paper? I see the data, I say okay, I can print it. I see there are some charges, some taxes, some fees. Didn't pay much attention. Anyways, I came up on paper with the first uh, screen, let's say, okay, of wheels. Then I started going back. Okay, what do I have? I have a car. Okay, what do I need on a car? You know, start thinking. A car has a registration number. It has a VIN. It has a color. Very simple things, you know. Nothing complicated. Not how we got the car. Not kind of uh, leasing, buyback. I didn't even know all that. But Mm -hmm. just a simple form, okay? So, Willis version 00001 was this thing, okay? Um, Then I started going in depth, okay? Okay. and uh, seeing more, let's say, uh, how we can uh, I can dig this. Uh, I also had the luck that uh, the company I was working in the past had, uh, they had the currental software, and their current software were actually an amazing piece of software, uh, very limited in features, but very easy to use, you know, something simple. So I got access to this product, it was no longer sold. Uh, For many years, it was abandoned, no customers, no developers, no source code, but I was able to learn a a lot. So then I went to version number two, version number three, and at the end, I had something that looked pretty decent, okay, not working, not, you cannot put it into production. So I took this and my laptop, and I started going around the shops around, you know, in Athens, downtown so uh, I was lucky that uh, my first customer, which you know, was George Akaturas from Avance. And uh, back then he was operating, I think 100, 120 cars in Athens and Thessaloniki. And he saw what I had done. Uh, he wanted to work with us. He was looking for a change. Uh, he was still using that old product, which was no longer maintained. So and,
1: he uh, was the user of this old software, so he got it already.
0: The old he software, yes, he had it. Software he software had, the, the, okay, yes. And the product was discontinued, and he kept using it. You know, he had okay. backups. So if, if, if it was a DOS application, if it would crash, he would copy paste from the backup and start all over the day or from the last backup, whatever he had done. Um, so uh, George helped me a lot to understand. The product. He had a lot of passions for one full year actually, uh, where I was working from home. I didn't have uh, a cap- the capital to get an office or hire someone. It was just me uh, from home with a laptop, going to George in the mornings, learning, hearing, working at night. And tomorrow, here's what I've done. You know, this but went you, on you, for
1: you. You you stopped. Your 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 work at the at the um, um, software company at that time, you were one hundred percent dedicated yes. To, yes. to it. it okay.
0: So it was this. So I said to myself, I'm gonna give it a year to to try to try it. Uh, my parents were extremely negative about this. I have to say, so uh, you know, they were afraid that uh, losing the security of a of a salary of a paid job, you know, what are you going to do? How are you going to succeed? You know, I had this stress. It's not that they didn't believe in my abilities. Okay. It's just that uh, they thought that I was much safer working nine to five job somewhere else, rather than take this uh, risk. Okay, so mm-hmm. um, I started uh, working from home doing that. Um, No money, I have to say I was uh, whatever I had uh, kept on the side. uh, That was my, uh, let's say, working capital and I start working in uh, 2003. Around uh, December, we had a pretty good version. It was working well, still problems. Some screens were slow, some screens were, you know, not very usable, but it was working. And uh, 2004, we had the Olympics, and in January and 2004, uh, with the assistance of my father, I was able to open our first office in Kalithea. Kalithea is a small area, not small, but an area in the south of uh, Athens, and uh, it was near my dad's uh, uh, office, so he can help me a bit with uh, my bookkeeping, and I could get some advice. So my father, and I thank him publicly, helped me rent this office financially and uh, supported me for anything I wanted. Of course, I I was always keeping it to the absolutely necessary. Uh, So in January 30, 2004, the company, I have a a tax ID, and uh, Avance is the first customer, okay? You can imagine the number of calls I had per day. I was on an open line fixing things. Going there, it was very close to their offices. I would take the car in five minutes. I was there. Here's a fix. And back, we didn't have, you know, emails to exchange these files. Mm-hmm. We were on nice the end back then. So this is a collaboration. And they managed to work on a really intensive period, which was the Olympic Games with the system. At the same time, these people supported me, helped me get more customers. So the first year, I had five customers. The second year, I had 30 customers. Okay. Not big businesses, not something that was, you know, making me rich, but at least I could afford paying the rent and the electricity and the utility bills. And uh, I was able to hire uh, at least someone on the phone, you know, not doing support, but when I was out of the office, uh, so to log a call, you know, uh, so I can return it back. So this is how I started. still working with you? No, no, no. Nothing. It was a part time person I had for a few months. Uh, right. Okay. So this is how it started. Uh, the more people companies now I was putting in, the problem was that uh, I realized that they all operate uh, quite differently. Some were similar, but some were different, you know? So there are different type of uh, rental companies. They all rent cars, but the way they do it is different, okay? So some are more flexible, some are more, let's say, customer centric, some are more uh, rate centric, you know, uh, some want absolute control, some want users to do whatever they want. So the system, I wanted to please everyone. I don't wanted to choose a side because I didn't know what, which side was the right side, let's say, or if there is a right side. Anyway. Yeah,
1: you know. But that's, 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 that's. In fact, also the, the difficulty when you are almost alone is mm-hmm. like you have to, to face all those questions and all these difficulties. You have to address all of them instead mm-hmm. of focusing. Now we would say after 20 years of IT and all this experience we see in the software business that when we hear it from San Francisco Valley or this uh, Silicon Valley, it's like, oh no, you should keep focus and focus and focus on just one feature and make sure it's totally perfect. But at Mm -hmm. this time, you said, no, no, I have to handle and to accept uh, multiple Mm -hmm. constraints, multiple needs, multiple requests from the customer,
0: right? What I have seen is that uh, the majority, not all, but the big majority of my customer, when they ask for something and I say yes, and I deliver it, and it's not exactly what they want. Or it's what they want, but it doesn't work perfectly, okay? They are open. They say, "Okay, great job. Fix me a couple of things, and we're good." You know, he has seen the work. He has seen someone in front of him that uh, was open to discuss this, to take this, and many times without a charge behind. So it was like, uh, "I'm not charging you for this. I'm going to improve my product." At least back then, and uh, so you understand? I wanted to please everyone. It wasn't perfect because exactly I wasn't focusing on one area. I was trying to do bits on each side. However, I would do something for one customer, the other customer would see it and say, okay, but if you want this and this kind of uh, build this product. And uh, again, I will say that uh, my two teachers was uh, the owner of Avance and uh, The other one was uh, the owner of a local brand in Glyfada. He he, he has passed away a few years ago, uh, Adonis Andulakis, who we signed him up as a small local shop, but then very soon he took uh, the budget franchise for uh, uh, all Athens, including on airport. So you can imagine that this small software was installed also at the the airport On a 24/7, I had to take reservations from budget. I had zero experience on all these concepts, you know. So it's been challenging. Just to give you a thought that uh, in uh, August 2004, where everybody was on the watching the Olympic Games, I was in the hospital, burnout with 40 degrees fever. and the doctor tell me, when did have you get some sleep last night? Your blood level showed that you know you are like a zombie. <laughs> and I realized, you know, I was working non-stop. Even at night, I would sleep and then wake up and code something and then go to sleep. So, uh, you know, th- there is so much that your body can uh, can support. Uh, let's say yes. support. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So this is how we started. And uh, I think that, uh, first of all, I'm very happy because uh, Avance, 20 years now, it's still our customer. They operate, I don't know how much, three, four, 5,000 cars currently. They are inside all the major airports in Athens. They are one of the best car rental companies based on the reviews, okay. And uh, I'm very happy that with these people that I started they, that back then, we are still friends. We are still working together 20 years now. Anyway. Uh, okay. And you understand that in 20 years in a collaboration, there's always going to be problems. I may be wrong. They may be wrong. I may be right. They may be right. You know, it's a collaboration. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's always within a 20 year, it's a huge time frame. You know, things change. Uh, but still, we are together. And when did you start? It
1: was so after the Olympic when you start building up the company, meaning hiring some people. I don't know engineers. In uh, or... two
0: thousand and four, around the end, I hired uh, my first developer, and uh, so he would help me build some things, uh, do some things. It wasn't something great, but. Uh, it was getting me a bit closer to my dream, you know, to grow this business. So uh, I don't, I cannot say that at that time, the company would justify having a developer from my financial side, but my father saw, you know, that the thing is progressing, that we are working hard. So he said, yeah, get the guy and I'm here, you know, to back you up for the salary and all this. So Mm -hmm. that's where I started. So in 2005, we were uh, four people and I think if it was 2006, where uh, George Yomelos came on board. George, which you know, yeah, uh, yeah. came into a small 80 square feet office in Kalithea, uh, driving from the other side of Athens one hour to join there. Uh, and uh, as you know, George is my alter ego in this business. Uh, we are together now twenty years. Oh, not twenty years, but uh, sixteen. Close, say. Yes, close, sixteen close. years now. Been yeah. together. We know each other. You know, we 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 speak. We communicate without even talking. Sometimes, we know it's like uh, our brains are wired together. You know, sometimes he he says to me, I, he gives some solution, which honestly it's crazy that I have thought about the exact same, same solution, which is, uh, let's say, uh, the definition of the hack or the workaround. And two people with on different have taken the same decision. So uh, George has been uh, really a uh, building block in this business. We have worked he- together uh, all these He's years, right. you know.
1: If I may, because something it's extremely interesting uh, and it's resonating a lot for me. Now, after uh, 16, 17 years of working with George... Yes. Do you have some... And what you just said, in terms of super high level of, 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 of uh, uh, communication and, uh, and uh, deep understanding, are you able to define why you pick these guys and what this guy pick you mm-hmm. in 2006 because i, I for me there mm-hmm. is no luck in this there is something in the air that makes that perfect fit of these two guys but mm-hmm. are you able to analyze why suddenly you were able to feel that it would be the good guy and george maybe felt the same mm-hmm. for you say oh in 2006 I need to work with this guy. I don't know why, but there is a perfect fit here. Are you able to to to, to analyze this? Do you have a clue? What was the the recipe? You know, I don't know the, the wiring that that plugged these two mm-hmm. brains together.
0: I think that uh, some things that happen in our lives, in the in our business, in our personal lives, okay, uh, they have been pre decided way before we know it i mean something i have to ask you something okay have you uh uh, slept at night and uh, seen something or uh, you know like a nightmare or something and then the next day everything is going perfect and then boom out of nowhere disaster hits has it happened to you ever exactly so how did you know last night that the disaster is going to hit the next day This is the question, you know? That's right, yeah. So the disaster, was it you that uh, by thinking about it, by thinking about it, you put yourself in a mindset that, uh, you know, uh, and it was bound to happen? Or where is your mindset, let's say, already negative because you saw it's going to happen, but when you wake up, you don't remember and you have to relive it. So... I think that some things are not a coincidence, you know, as they say, like, for example, uh, for couples, they say that uh, Buddha sits on top of a mountain, and uh, he has uh, oranges, he cuts in half, and he throws them down the hill, you know, and as these two slices, all these half oranges start going down the hill, uh, one will find his perfect match. And they will join together and jo- go down the hill. I think that this is the same case. I don't think that George or me intended to start working together or to be here uh, 16 years uh, later. It's one of the things I cannot explain. Like I cannot explain uh, how I met my wife, which we can discuss later on. A set of co- you say coincidences? I don't know. You know what
1: I've, I've, I've done, and uh, since couple of years, when I hire somebody, yes. the classical way to hire somebody is to say, "Okay, I want this type of person, who has this kind of background, has have this kind of experience, is able to do this, is able to do that." You know, something extremely cold, extremely detailed oriented. Mm-hmm. And I don't present my offers anymore like this. I present this, that this is what we love to do at yield. This is what and why our clients love working with us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And our genie zone is to do that. So I'm more interested by you guys as a, mm-hmm. what is your genie zone? If you have ever questioned it, and if you have a genie zone that correspond to ours, please give me a call. And, Ninety-nine percent of the people, we just look at this offer and we will swipe it out. You know, they say, boom, "What is this guy? Are they crazy or what?" Boom, boom, and suddenly one guy says, mm-hmm. "Oh, that's strange. That's a different way of that's a different way of presenting the the thing." And uh, I had many guys. They said, "With this, I decided to apply for this job, not mm-hmm. because of the job, but because of you and because of the Genie Zone." And it's a way to find somebody that has a a better match with us in terms of spirituality, as you said, and something in the air, something in the electricity, than simply, I want this to do this and to do that because of this experience and this background. You can have a thousand of people like this, but I'm not interested by these people because the job, you can learn it. Mm -hmm. How you fix your brain and your emotion, it's part of who you are. And this is what, with who I want to work with.
0: Yes.
1: I have I mean, to say that. you ask uh, me, Emmanuel, yes. come to my house and you are going to, to repaint the wall in white. Okay, maybe I'm a bad painter. I, mean, I will learn how to do it. Maybe I will have a professor, a mentor, and they will teach me how to paint. And maybe in a couple of days or weeks, I will know how to, uh, how to paint. And tomorrow I can do it with fixing a car or whatever. Maybe mm-hmm. I will be a bad one. But at least I can learn. Mm-hmm. How? I can learn. But who I am... Yes it's much more difficult. So this is the type of person I'm looking for. But now I have this experience, but as as you, like 16 years ago with George, mm-hmm. I didn't have a clue, but it's, it's it was in my blood. It was in my, you know, in, <clears throat> intensely in my body.
0: Uh, I have to say that back then in a small office in downtown Athens uh, with two people, uh, I, I can't say that uh, most people coming in for an interview would strictly, you know, Think that they were wasting their time. Uh, They wanted the job safety. They thought that the small business cannot do it. Uh, You know, so it's not that back then I was able to have a lot of uh, offers. That doesn't mean that uh, George came here because he was the only one. No, no, on the contrary, we had offers. But George stood out. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I found similarities in the character. Maybe I found. uh, but we can complement each other. Maybe I found that uh, this person has, you know, some characteristics that I like to work with. What you say is a great way to uh, do things, but uh, I learned this way later. And when the company had established the team, we had established our company culture, you know, and then, yes. And now, for example, to hire someone, the first thing we need to make sure is that he fits in the team. We are a family here. Uh, We are 40 people plus, we're growing very fast. Uh, And uh, I need to make sure that every single person that comes to work with us, will fit our culture. So our culture is, we like to do coding, we like technology, sometimes we get overexcited, we may kill each other. But at the end of the day, we all respect each other we like each other, we're friends, we appreciate it. And this is something that also, not on an inter- personal one-on-one interaction or a team interaction, also as, as a business owner, uh, gives me big responsibility to these 40 families which uh, Wilson uh, has. And uh, it gives me stress, you know, keeping everybody part of the team, uh, safe and stuff like that. So we had excellent technicians which we let go because they wouldn't fit the culture of the team. And we Mm -hmm. had, let's say, not excellent technicians which uh, were uh, really nice people willing to learn, as you said, fit the company culture. So I said, I prefer to work with someone I like and spend time teaching rather than someone where i cannot communicate you know Absolutely. it's not that i'm right and he's wrong eh? don't get me wrong i'm not mm. saying that i'm the, the good guy maybe he's a good guy i'm the strange guy it doesn't it doesn't matter i'm not examining that just be a fit you know as they say you know uh, we work uh, eight ten hours a day sometimes more uh, so in our in the day that has 24 hours 10 hours of work eight hours of sleep the majority of time is us this is our life this office so we had to make it as pleasant and enjoyable as possible you know and, and you know also
1: uh, i think is like if you are not here i'm talking for myself let's say but if i'm not here to lead the company i know that the guy we share the same value, so I'm 100% trusty that the values and the mission we are sharing together will be applied on the day-to-day, even mm-hmm. without me. I have no doubt that whenever something is acceptable or unacceptable, mm-hmm. it's unacceptable for everybody in the company. And when it is acceptable, everybody goes in the same direction. Because mm-hmm. they, they live, as you said, eight hours a, w- a day, five days a week with this value sharing. It's a core pillar of the organization. Uh, it's not only a declaration, a statement, and nobody, you know, you have this in front door, but nobody reads it. because ah, I'm, I'm fed up with this kind of declaration. But in fact, it's something that is lived. Is, 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 yes, is lived daily, hourly, mm-hmm. internally by all the team members. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's wrong. And it's
0: true. It's very true. Uh, As you know, we cannot do, especially when the business grows, we cannot do everything. We cannot control everything. And it's actually wrong to even try to do it. I have to admit that when I started the business, I didn't have the experience of managing a team, okay? With all the aspects of managing a team, because I had to manage also HR, I had to manage everything, all this all aspects of it without experience. Okay. So uh, I think that uh, as let's say, uh, time grows, you gain experience. Okay. And uh, I'm happy that the business has grown slowly, so that I was able to learn. And one of the things I learned is don't micromanage. I did this mistake for the first five years of the business. I was breathing up the neck, every single line of code, why? Why now? Why today? Why like this? Uh, My former boss, uh, I had some talks, he spent time with me, I asked him because I I really like him. And he told me something. He told me that the difference in quality, if you do it yourself, or you have somebody else do it. and it's not that you put somebody to paint walls where he doesn't have never put a taking a brush on his hand, you know, same area is maybe 5%. He says The time you are spending micromanaging him ruins your business. You can do other things, you know. So it was very, very hard for me, for Vasilis to change this notion and uh, give liberty to people, you know, Liberty in how we do things. Liberty in uh, making decisions, you know. And uh, today I have arrived, let's say, I have crossed uh, this bridge. And uh, I think that it was one of the biggest mistakes I had done. Of course, I put it to the lack of experience. But uh, I see now that uh, people uh, work much better when you trust them, when you explain what you need from them, and you let them do it, then of course, you know, if it's not what you want, you need to sit down and go back to it. It doesn't matter. It's part of a process. But eventually, at the end, you cannot do everything. And uh, nowadays, uh, we is not Vasilis anymore. Okay, which is uh, 42 people. It's not something that I manage in every aspect. And it's a business that if tomorrow, uh, I was not here, the business would continue to operate uh, and be successful, not only stay afloat, let's say. Uh, And I think that this is uh, my biggest success here. That we are a team, and that we uh, everybody has its own duties, responsibilities, he starts his day. And of course, as managing director, I need to, you know, give a, give a direction, give priorities, talk with different teams, engage different people, you know, sometimes motivate, sometimes put some pressure. Uh, but uh, I think that this was one of the big uh, changes I learned within these 20 years.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and if we... If we go backward a little bit, uh, when you start growing at two thousand five with more staff and more customers, was mm-hmm. it a kind of accelerator in your in your uh, in your uh, line of, of of growing? Like the first one, I, if I remember as you said, was Avance because mm-hmm. this guy gave you the trust to start mm-hmm. and to take over his own. So that was really the the first guy to to trigger the the success. Was it another big? accelerator or a big trigger that happened that say okay yes i'm reaching now a new level uh, and when was it what what happened specifically
0: yes. i'll let you know in uh, 2000 and uh, i will i'll go ahead and i will move to 2010 first of all 2010 uh, Van, uh I, vana uh, my wife actually 2000 a bit later 2013. I apologize for missing up the dates. It was 2013, so it's quite ten years later. Going forward, we had around 300 customers, mostly in Greece, some in Cyprus, but it was a Greek business, Greek customers, even Greek product. The user interface was in Greek; it was not in English. We had a, a small translation, you know, but nothing fancy. Uh, so. Then I came into the business. So it was a person that uh, totally different mindset, totally different background, totally different experience coming in to help me sell this product. She believed in me, she believed in the product. She believed in what in my dream, you know, of uh, getting this product worldwide and being successful. And uh, so she came in the first thing she said, she said, okay, we need to get out of Greece. Okay? This is too limiting. Uh, the big guys have in-house system. They don't want to listen to us. The small guys, we have 300. The rest are going to come by themselves. If we don't mess things up, they're going to come. So we need to find new markets. Okay. And uh, we had the luck back then in 2015 to meet uh, Richard Loden, you know, from Green Motion. Mm-hmm. He was using a local system uh, so we had at already trans-
1: created at this time did he created already green motion green motion was existing already yes
0: in 2015 okay. I met okay. uh, Richard Loader. I think I, I actually I met him in 2014 uh, the product was already converted it was still the Windows application but it was converted for a uh, English uh, audience with uh, d- you know fixed all the terminology. It was in greek we completely revamped it in english and then we translated it in greek it was a massive project to do this reliably and uh, fix many things around that we wanted to fix and uh, so we met uh, richard loden and uh, richard loden said okay what do you guys do you know and i showed him the product and uh, after a few weeks months i don't remember richard came back and said okay Uh, I would like to work with you, you know, I'm using this system, I have problems. Can we, what's your solution? Okay, so I saw the product, uh, and uh, I showed them mine. He was already, he had, I think, uh, 15 or 18 countries back then, uh, with his brand, he was, you know, very energetic, very ambitious, the the operating system was uh, holding his business back, couldn't expand, he has massive problems on the day to day operations on reservations on reporting. So uh, we start discussing and in 2015, boom, we signed the contract. Okay. So that day, Wilson became a truly international company. Suddenly, with one signature, I had 18 countries, and none of which was my customer except Greece and uh, Cyprus. All the rest were new. So you understand that uh, Richard wanted the migration to happen as soon as possible. Uh, And I was hitting wall after wall. Why? Because I would go, for example, to Iceland and say, oh, I work in ISK, no decimal digits, this Uh, I needed translated. Uh, I went to the U.S. and they started telling me all about these fees and surcharges and uh, stuff with different logic, which we had, you know, no, no idea what we are talking about. We went to other countries where fiscalization was already mandatory. We needed to certify the system. So 2015 and 16, these two years, were the years where we installed these 18 customers, these 18 green motion franchises. Uh, I'm happy to say that uh, all 18 were uh, great successes. They went well, didn't have problems. Evidently, you know, there's always missing something to be done, something to be improved, but it was working. Uh, people were renting cars, people were getting reports, people were having the accounting books properly set up uh, and the reports. So it was working. Now, uh, this collaboration is another collaboration example where uh, we, we have come now, just like George from Avance. Richard is a part of our family now. We are working together now straight eight years. And uh, he has reached 60 countries. We are there in all countries, operating with wheels with very few exceptions. And uh, I'm happy that every year I meet the franchisees, you know, and we see, and uh, we have, uh, let's say good relations. But then I saw a problem that uh, all this uh, Windows technology that I was using, you know, has to go, unfortunately it wouldn't work well for us or for the customer on the long time. Okay. So we sit down with George. And we say, Okay, what how can we turn this into a web application, make it more easy to deploy more easy to maintain uh, accessible from everywhere and stuff like that. So it's yeah, just the
1: parenthesis on that aspect, because for the guys who are not tech guys, yeah. uh, that's a big change because before it was, you had to install the software in some servers locally for the client and with going to the web means it will be in the cloud. So you will manage the infrastructure and the client could have access, as you
0: just said, just via a browser. Am I right? Um, that's a big term. More or less, what do I mean? Um we had already we were offering already the windows edition, both as a self hosted. So all the Greek guys back then had the wheels installed on their computers, as they say, and a small server. Uh, But we had already started offering wheels uh, on the cloud, we had already a small infrastructure. And we were pushing towards this uh, model. Okay, so green motion, even on the windows one, uh, was onboarded on the cloud on our infrastructure even if they are using the windows application of course it's a different thing to have 50 accounts on the cloud and a different thing to have 950 accounts on the cloud where we are today totally different challenges mm-hmm. uh, but anyways uh, we had the cloud infrastructure so we had some experience we had some uh, uh, server some know-how you know on how to do things uh, on the web, on the cloud. We just needed to port the product. And back then we took a decision, which was the right one, which is, what do we do? Do we keep the safe design database and just write a, a new user interface where you can actually use Windows or web, depending on what you want? Or do we go from page blank? Now, going from, uh, if you are going to, keep the same backend. There is not much drama. You just need to make it sure. And you can always tell the customer, okay, you know, use the Windows one until I fix it. Uh, We decided to go for the full Monty, okay? So uh, we said, no, we redesigned from point blank. Blank. This is not something that uh, you do every day. We get a chance. Let's do it. So we hired a few people back then. Uh, we grew the team so we hired some developers and George took over the web edition well I took by myself all the support uh, not the customer support but the product support of uh, the Windows edition Uh, so back then I was much involved in the programming uh, and coding process so I had to keep you know I had to be the goalkeeper for all of our existing customers and George had to move the product to the future um uh, in uh, 2017 or something we had the ver- first version of web uh i will not uh, the design was good okay the the concepts were really good but the product was really bad uh not, zero responsibility from george or the team on how to do you that. mean technically
1: it, it was it was uh, it was bad
0: No, I I mean that uh, we choose to use some products, you know, some tools, some libraries. Uh, Mm -hmm. We were promised that we will have support. We will promise that they work. We would promise, you know, that, uh, yes, we can do what we asked, but uh, we realized that uh, everything we did with those products was a nightmare. To give you an idea, a small screen without nothing, would take 10 seconds to open, and I wanted to kill myself and George, of course, why, why you know? Why? And we saw that it was, uh, we had to get away. So we took uh, in, uh, I don't still remember in June, 2018, we, we had already started, but in June, 2018, we, we said with George, okay, we are going to disconnect for three months and rewrite it. And indeed I was, I stopped working on the windows we sit down with George, we re-evaluated everything. We killed all the libraries. And suddenly from the first version, we had a really nice product. So that version was something I really enjoyed. It was very fast, very nice. It was mobile friendly, what the previous one was not. So we were designing something that would not go mobile. Where they told us that it should be mobile. It was not in practice. Uh, so that's the product we started installing uh, in uh, 2018 actually the first customers so we took back then a decision and we said okay if i go to a customer that has windows and i tell him hey listen i'm going to switch you over to the web okay but i had done this accounting for you interface and this custom report and i need x money he may not he may say no i'll think about it you know so we said we're going to do it for free for everyone. So we went to, we had arrived by that time to 400, 450 customers. And we said, guys, I'm going to take you and I'm going to move you to the web. Okay. If you are hosting in your own server, you need to come and pay a subscription. If you are already paying a subscription, you, I'm going to keep the same fees that you were paying on the Windows platform. And I'm going to deliver everything I had already done. So I redeveloped twice everything, founding interfaces, print templates, everything. Uh, but my, my main point was not to support two product lines. I had to kill the product line. Anyway. And if I give, if I ask for money, I cannot kill it. If the other guy says, no, I'm staying to Windows, thank you. Uh, but if I'm telling him I'm moving him for free, there is no excuse, you know. Then I can tell him, hey, I'm giving you a couple of years. If you don't want, stay where you are, but I'm not going to develop new stuff there. The web is there. So we did this. It was a massive cost, you understand, and expense for us. But uh, And we stopped immediately selling the Windows product. We were st- we decided to sell only the web uh, product. And so that's how we moved, uh, let's say, t- to the new uh, product uh, generation. By then, it was 18,
1: right? Yes, the web edition,
0: five years, Okay. Ah, And uh,
1: yeah. And so when I have uh, some clients, when I have some operating system, I know that they are claiming that they are moving to the web Mm -hmm. last year or this year. You did this turn already, like, five years ago.
0: Yes. I did this turn uh, exactly five years ago and uh, I don't regret it. I'm happy we did it. I feel relieved that I did it. Actually, Vanna was from the first day I met her. I wanted to go to the web. I wanted to move this product to the web. You know, it was my, I don't know. My mindset was yeah, my vision to move this to this technology, you know? So we, the, the windows product was great. I really like it. Sometimes, you know, we look at, back at it, you know, to see how we did things there. Uh, but uh, I think that we launched a, a web edition, which uh, when we did all this major, uh, let's say, the version two of a web edition, of course, version one was very limited. Very few people had it and very even fewer in production. Um, so I think it was a great, great product. Yes, there was the shock. You know, the customer is used to using the keyboard very quickly and printing and stuff like that at sometimes bigger speeds, you know, because all the pro- application is on your computer. You don't download it every page you run, you know, uh, but uh, working hard and uh, with great people here have helped and put ideas on the table. Uh, I think that we have managed to have uh, a great product and the same product is what has been improved the, uh, you know, designed, uh, revised on a daily basis.
1: Um, now, it, it, I, I would like to move on the on the client aspect. Um, there was um, I have two clients that, in fact, moved from their old system or their previous system to to, to be nice to Wheels recently. Mm-hmm. One. Was certainly the largest migration I have ever seen, and you know it. It's Sepamat europe to Atlantic. Mm-hmm. It's a huge system. They dropped their system. They had almost for themselves back 20 years ago. So it's like cutting your right hand when you want to stop it. But they had to uh, for 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 various reasons, and they went to you. And they, they had an organization that uh, Denis um, is uh, presenting on the on the on the podcast number 10. And it was extremely uh, strong and deep organization, extremely precise, with a lot of resources. But they can afford because they had a huge business; they do fifty million euro business, so it's it's real. And on the other side of the of the equation, uh, we have a small client in Asores Island uh, who did also this 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 switch, and it took him like a couple of weeks. It turned in two weeks, I think He went. From the previous system to you. To give some ideas to our customer who would be interested uh, to change their operating system, what do you think for you after these 20 years of experience, mm-hmm. more than that, huh? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. what is for you the good way, the good practice to have a successful uh, migration Is it the preparation? Is it the vision? Is it you ex- know exactly what you want to achieve and to know what are your weaknesses? With your experience, what kind of advice you could give to somebody who would like to change his operating system, which is a part of the DNA. It's like the heart or the brain mm-hmm. of your current old business. Now you mm-hmm. cannot run anything manually anymore. So what, kind, what, what, what do you see as a, as a successful um, migration? What needs to be done?
0: Okay, Uh, I think first of all that uh, a successful uh, migration starts when uh, the management team truly believes that and are committed to doing it. Okay? So the first uh, rule of success was not the size of Sepamat or Wilsis or our product, it was Dennis and Tony that decided we are going to make the switch this some people find it evident and they think that it's about signing a contract and paying uh, some money it's not about that it's about understanding what will happen the next day okay people everybody uh, we we don't like change change brings discomfort in everything absolutely Uh, Yes, you know. Stress, so it's a danger. It's a danger of death. Exactly. Now yeah. imagine uh, an employee working on a business uh, stuff. You know, he's used to doing his nine to five job, uh, his shift, uh, clicking some keys, getting the results he wants for the business, and uh, at the end of the day, he feels that he did his his job well. Okay he completed his job now imagine that this guy you tell him that tomorrow you are going to do something different okay you are going to do the same work but in a different way okay immediately insecurity immediately fear you know what's going to happen am i go- am i going to be able to uh, to do my job am i am i fit can i use this you know what are they who is this why so um, uh, Denise was very, very clear to his team. So he spent a lot of time. And when I first met uh, Denise, who led the project from uh, Sebaman's side, I saw that the entire team was, first of all, on the same page. This was an extremely important uh, success factor. Why? Because when management has realized that I'm moving there, he sets the entire mindset of the business this. So he's, it's like a shuttle, you know, he sends the trajectory and we are going for a liftoff. Okay, so everybody needs to be coordinated from everybody, they need to be accepting, they need to understand that management will support this. Uh, they need to understand that there will be problems of any sort of problems, but that there is a, a, a journey, and that there is an outcome at the end, you know, We're not doing this for fun. We're not doing this because I saw Vasilis on the street and I like him, you know, we're doing it because X, Y, Z, so first management might decide what is this X, Y, Z, why am I changing the system? Okay, this is the first rule. The second rule is now that I'm changing the system, what do I need to do differently? Businesses that change systems and expect to work the same day have failed even before signing the contract. I can guarantee you that. Sorry if it's a bold statement. But 20 years now, this is what I have learned. You have to get out of your comfort zone. And you need to be open minded, open minded from ideas that will come from your staff, because they are using something that you imposed, shall I say to them, when the first day they got the job. This is your system. Learn it and use it. Now you can improve. And improvement isn't always something that comes from the management. Even the smallest, let's say, rental agent in our business or car wash person has ideas. So the team needs to get this feedback, evaluate it, and then see, okay, from 100 ideas left and right, what truly can I, where can I get? only when we have management commitment and a vision of where i am today and where i'm going to be tomorrow then we have a metric of where you know of success so i think that after you have these two things the third thing is to choose your supplier okay your partner you have to find someone because nobody is perfect and nothing will be ever perfect, you know, that uh, you can see yourself working in the long term with him. Okay. So these Mm -hmm. are the three pictures. Uh, I'm really honored that Dennis picked Wills out of uh, all the options he should have. Uh, He did. And uh, I think that besides all the challenges that we had in that project. That the delivery and the results, at least from my side, were very good. We did the migration. The company operated the next day. No track was lost. Everything was uh, operating. And then we we did the you know like then uh, he says the heart transplant. Okay, we crossed the first bridge and now we move forward together. And that's what we've been doing now. And if you remember. The project with Dennis had some extra challenges. the language barrier. There were some people that didn't speak uh English or were struggling to communicate in English and uh, we don't speak French except me. I'm the only person who speaks uh, uh French, so but I could not be involved in every single area of this massive project. This was the largest project for Wills and a huge school for us, you know we understand and we learn a lot from Dennis and the way he works and actually many of the things we do today we owe them to Dennis and the way he was working
1: i have seen that the way effectively they have approach and, and and something was interesting also with in their approach maybe because if they are big or not they also used a third party I think mm-hmm. we call it integrator or I don't know exactly the name of this type of guy who is a kind of in of go between he has this technical background he has also the user uh, the the client uh, vision and can discuss also with uh, with you as a as a technical supplier mm-hmm. and I I've, I've seen it many times that some of the of the guys for a question of money they try to save and to, to save um, coins of couple of euros but it's it's it will change the way as you said earlier it will change the way they do their business every single minute of the day so they should give all the change the, the, the chances and all the, the, the possibilities to make it a success yes. also investing on some um, Consulting or help or whatever, because you know what you do, but eventually the client is, does not know all the the various technical aspects, and it's good to have an in between. So I think they did it. Not all the companies can afford this, but it's extremely important to have a at this size at the size of a project uh, to have a, an external uh, uh, help. Also, as you said, maybe to look at the problem differently and have a different look on it.
0: You know, uh, you are very correct. And thank you for pointing this out. Uh, Dennis uh, had done his homework really well. And he knew his business strengths and weaknesses. And uh, he understood that he needed a firm to help him learn how to do this transition. He wasn't changing systems every month to say, okay, I've done it many times. I know how to do this. I can do it myself, you know. Uh, he was not the kind of manager says, you know, I know everything, you know, uh, he said, I don't know how to do it. I don't know the best steps. I need someone to take me by the hand and do it. Okay. And this is not sometimes the supplier. It's all the homework SEPAMAT had done before even coming to us. When they came to us, they had hundreds of pages of documentation ready, you know, something that you don't see every day in transitions. But I have to say to you that even if you are a small business, okay, uh, the consulting firm is always a very help, helpful uh, uh, tool to have with you. Now, yes, depending on the size of the business is your needs change, let's say. So, yes, for Denise, the use of uh, Next Decision, which has fantastic uh, French team. Uh, where we interacted with Eric and uh, Javier most of the time. Uh, And it was a pleasure working with them. And, uh, but uh, you can work with a small consulting firm if you're a small business. Yeah, you don't need need the big guys, you know. You can work with a small guy that you are confident working with. But if you are not in the IT, if you don't know about systems, get someone who knows about this to explain to you what's gonna happen the next day. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I think that uh, the fact that there was a consulting firm was a very big uh, helpful hand. It helped uh, align, it helped uh, test, coordinate rollouts. And I think that because as you know, we had the plan and the plan was us going to Nantes, Nantes team coming to Greece because there were tons of interfaces for Europe car, for uh, uh, French government, uh, different stuff left and right. Documentation was mainly in French. We had to do translations. And as we start the project, COVID hits. And suddenly, we cannot go there. They cannot come here. You know? And and we planned. Original plan was uh, April 1st. 2021, 2021 to yeah. go live mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we went live uh, if I'm not mistaken 7 of March 2021 it's just a week yeah. of delay decide all these obstacles okay of course to do this everybody had to work hard our team their team uh, both of us sometimes driving each other crazy I understand that uh, it's evident. But uh, we were all very focused on making this uh, project a success, and I hope that uh, Dennis and the team still see it as a success and don't say, "Okay, where did you find this Greek guy?" You know, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And I think also,
1: we call it, you know, planet alignment. The fact that the the COVID came could be, and I'm sure it was, an opportunity of having the team dedicated to the project simply because there were less travelers, less Mm -hmm. rental drivers, less transaction, unfortunately for the business. But if we look on the other side of the the problem, Mm -hmm. people had the time. So they had the time to think. They had the time to work, to analyze, to prepare the specifications, to test. I think also that was an opportunity. And for for the people, unfortunately, I've seen in my clients that they were, it was a big drama business-wise, but some of them were like watching TV and ending the entire series of Netflix. And you Mm -hmm. say, guys, there is much better things to do during this time in COVID Mm -hmm. because for the first time ever, you are forced to have some time. So let's use it. Interestingly, let's use for the sake of your business, let's do it to analyze what you don't want to do anymore, what you want to change, what has the best on it you, you need to capitalize. Mm-hmm. So for you, for a big project, it was I think it was good no? to have such a time available of the team as well.
0: Yes and no. And I will tell you why. Uh, in essence, yes. When you have less travelers, you have less problems, you have less everything, yes. But on the other side... Imagine Dennis at night thinking, I have 15,000 cars, I have 300 employees, I don't know how many. What's going to be the next day? How long are we in this mess? How is this business going to survive? So, Mm -hmm. this business had much better, much bigger, sorry, challenges to solve, which was uh, what's happening on the next day, you know? Where are we going? How long is this? How how are we going to finance uh, this uh, sudden drop of business? And and the uncertainty for how long? So yes, a rental agent had all the time in the world to look at the system. But uh, I am sure that management didn't sleep many nights uh, looking at you know different solutions and uh, problems and uh, plan A, B, C, D. And maybe... For Dennis, Wills was a, a, an important uh, project. It was a good timing for him, exactly for the reasons you said, but it was not his only focus on the back of his head. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like it was for you, us as
1: manager and owner of our company. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Everyone. But how to uh, turn a problem, a difficulty, a struggle into an opportunity that's also the core of uh, of, uh, of an entrepreneur, Hmm. that is facing or she's facing yeah. everyday some difficulties and see that how we can we can face this and turn it
0: yeah.
1: as a, as an opportunity because there is always good to extract from a bad
0: i have to tell you something that uh, when we uh, covid uh, started and uh, with we uh, with vana and our accounting uh, i started asking the questions you know what if nobody pays us how long can we survive? What are our costs, you know, start, I had to do the same exercise as a, as you as anyone uh, mm-hmm. that was uh, on a managerial role, let's say. Okay. And uh, back then we took some very bold decisions. Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, we decided that on the areas that were uh, more severely hit, by COVID, if you remember Bergamo, Italy, the mesh, uh, and uh, other countries where uh, nothing was operating, we completely stopped billing them. We tell them, "Listen, we're stopping. System is there, use it. I don't care. We support you. We will reevaluate it in a month, and stuff like that." I wanted to feel that these guys, we have our, their back. Not only uh, pay me, and I'll deliver a system to you, but that Vasilis and the team here, we feel you much closer to us. Uh, I believe that the vast majority of our customers uh, appreciated that, you know, all this flexibility that we gave, uh, trying to find solutions, be more flexible, this guy has a minimum of 100 users. Yes, but there is no 100 users because stations are closed. Okay what can we do 20 let's work with 20 users doesn't matter. This took a big financial impact on our balance sheet. But and also the second thing was that, uh, as you know, you had the ability there to take uh, to furlough your staff, And uh, up to 80% of the workforce, uh, you could stop them and the government gave incentives for them and stuff like that. We furloughed nobody during the business. Why? because wheels is a journey okay it's a boat and uh, me as a captain when I'm going into the thunderstorm I'm not throwing away the sailors overboard you know (laughs) so we said that uh, our values as people Vanna and me is that this is a storm we are going to all to get over it We're not going to reduce anybody's salary. We're not going to make anyone work differently, work. And if you don't have customer service, because all our customers are closed, you know, do something productive. Start working on training material. Do other things. Think. Uh, Bring ideas on the table. And I think that uh, most of the people appreciated it. Both sides. I
1: I agree with you. We did... uh... We did the same at uh, at we yield we never closed any client we we said okay we have to support you on an every day continue to use the software continue to use us and uh, we will see afterwards anyway we have to face the storm together so we are in, as you uh, totally the same world we are on the same boat and we have to, to to make it um how do you see the you you made big change over times from the the, the uh, local hosted so no, the, the webs um, installation now. Uh, sorry, the a local um, installation to a web service. Mm-hmm. How do you see the evolution of the of the uh, of the operating system? Do you see any any anything coming? I don't know uh, with this uh, thing in the air, which is the AI and machine learning, this kind of stuff, or maybe it will be something totally different. Do you have any any vision right now on how you see the the, the future?
0: I will tell you, okay, Um, yes, uh, first of all, I have to say that uh, AI is uh, one of the things and evidently in the future, it will improve or ruin our planet. I'm not convinced yet which one, if it will improve our civilization or it will destroy it. I don't know yet. I have to say to you that AI uh, makes me scared. Not about losing my job, but about uh, giving the, the level of uh, misinformation that you can get out of IE uh, is crazy. I was reading about a story about uh, a lawyer. He went to the court and he won a case. Okay. And he was stating, yes, but this versus that were there in this county. It, that happened in the US. And uh so the judge says, okay, you are correct, thank you, you win, you know, court adjourned. And then the barmaid checks and then see that none of these examples were real life. They were IE generated, okay. So imagine you open the TV and uh, everybody says to you, uh, France is in a war, uh, in a nuclear war and we're going to be bombed. You open all the channels. You open all the news and they say that. Do you have any reason to doubt this? No. You mm-hmm. say, okay, we're going for a nuclear war. Yeah. And maybe the sun is still shining and nothing near that. So we've seen this level of uh, misinformation and uh, influence that this has. So there's going to be a lot of changes, ethical, regulatory, I hope, to I Now, coming to the ERP side, I think that. Uh, Most of the ERP systems I have seen, okay, and I'm not talking about the rental industry, money, are limited to in our business. Take a reservation, open a rental, print it, update your books. If I say one word, boring. Technically boring, operationally boring. Yes, okay, everybody can do that. And if you stick to that, every day there are new competitors being born you know nothing about. That can do the same boring work as you do. The thing is, how can we make it more interesting? Now, I think that the word is the information. A system where we are punching in and putting information, we have to start taking out information. How? One way is Emmanuel. And this is what I have seen since then in you. And I said, we need this integration pronto. George, make it happen. And here we are 10 years now working together. You give value to these numbers, you know. You give signification. Additionally, I think that there are many areas that an ERP can touch besides what you do, which you do extremely well. And uh, these areas are, for example, customer service. We have uh, now launched a new module, it's still on beta. But it's focusing on customer service. Think about car rental, okay? And the traditional renter. I think that 90% of the questions that they will ask, you know them already from your experience running, for example, a car rental operation. Can I keep the car more? What papers do I need to bring? Uh, I crash my car. Uh, I have an engine fault. Whatever that is, it's predictable. And maybe there is a 5 or 10% that is not. So why can't we streamline uh, this customer service and use the tools that we have today so that the customer can take advantage of a self service, which does it for him. We have seen this done in different uh, areas, but it's limited to some startups, you know. Now let's put it on the more traditional ERPs, for example. So this is one of the big areas that we are focusing now. Which is to bring customer service into wheels and actually uh, make take over a big load of uh, requests and serve them automatically in different ways.
1: The 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 thing I've seen also, if you look, as I'm coming from the hotel industry, and I recently interviewed a, a guy who's doing the same job as me, but in the hotel industry in the mm-hmm. deluxe service what has been developed over years is all this aspect of optimization into the ancillaries. And instead of forcing the client at the desk to say you have to buy this uh, uh, type Mm -hmm. of insurance to reduce the excess and blah, blah, it's also to say, Mr. Scuto, you are coming to Los Angeles next week and we will have these three cars available. It seems to be weird, but when you discuss with operations, and hey, no, you know, we never know, maybe this car will be broken and blah, blah, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, there is a lot of variables in this business. However, as you said, there is also a lot of certainty that we may optimize, we can look for and say, I would like to propose this type of car, not this category or similar as the bullshit we see everywhere. You see a nice picture on this little list said or similar. No, sir, you will have this Kia Sportage or this type of car or this brand. Mm -hmm. And I know from previous ways because I've analyzed what you have looked at or what you are doing Mm -hmm. in the social network, whatever, you like the Audi brand. I have this Audi brand available, this Audi A4 for 10 euros more. Mm -hmm. Do you want to have it? I can lock it for you if you want. Mm -hmm. And In the hotel, they do it, you know, they try to evaluate the customer, not only with the room charge, but also with the fact that this guy, I spent 100 euros in the restaurant during the last days, but also 50 euros at the bar. So eventually it's better to reduce the price of the basic transaction, like the room charge, because we know that for this room, this Mr. Devletoglu is better than Mr. Scuto, because he's spending more money, on the other part of the of the of the stay which are much more contributive that's simply the room you know this kind of thing yeah and i don't see it yet in the in the um, in the car rental you know when i, I read- arrived in lax uh, a, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks back the guy as i wrote on linkedin the guy said okay go to the row 80. i said yeah mm-hmm. there was no car or, a car id as i used to have on my on my contract so I went mm-hmm. back and I said to the lady, uh, "Yes, you forgot to give me the plate number." And they said, "We don't care. Choose the pick the car you want." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Wow, mm-hmm. that's cool." But she did not propose an extra for that. Say, "Okay, for ten euros or ten dollars, you will be able to choose the car." Eventually, they could to- turn it as mm-hmm. a, as an advantage, you know, for them. Yes. So. I'm sure there is some value to extract from this in order to present not only a price but a, a, a value, or to work more on the value of the of the transaction and the and the and the service mm-hmm. for our customer. What do you uh, think?
0: I think that uh, first of all, this this was a great process, you know, but uh, they should have tell you that hey, look on the other rows oh uh, as well, and ask us about the prices, you know, in case you know, now. The Absolutely. hotel uh, has been doing this for many, many years. Uh, what you say, uh, Las Vegas, if you play on the casino, they know who you are, and then they will tell you, hey, depending on how much money they spend, hey, if you are a U.S., um, flights, transfer, food on me, room on me, but you keep, you have to play the way you're playing most likely crap, exactly. losing yes. your money, you know, yeah. <laughs> because if you're winning, I don't assume they do that. Uh, so they profile the customer, they try to do it, yes. But the, as we started the discussion, the hotel has 100 rooms and room A4 is there. Uh, it's, it's not crushed on a wall because the previous renter uh, crushed it or took took off with it. So, I don't know to what extent this can work and this can uh, turn, you know, not into a disaster because you create anticipation to the customer. I dreamt about the car I'm seeing, and I came there, and the car is not available, and I'm, I'm driving the big Bertha, you know, from the movie because there's no other car left. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a matter of, however, of user experience. And when we are talking about user or customer experience, it never hurts to experiment. One time you will get it wrong, twice you'll get it wrong, eventually you will get it right. You need to experiment. And when I was talking about customer service, I was talking all exactly about the customer experience. Okay, Uh, People, you know, in the current industry, they are, I want to sell ancillaries. But let's start. Why do you want to sell ancillaries? Why? because the basic product price is pushed down, so you need to find other sources of revenue, of income, to stay profitable, to stay in business sometimes, okay? We all know that uh, OTAs, aggregator, bring information on our hand. Don't call the travel agent anymore to say, hey, I'm going to Italy, can you get me a car? Oh, yeah, and he would find you the deal and get you the car, now, you are on the internet, you find the, the car, you are the the legend of yourself, okay? And tons of offerings, even the smallest guy is there in front of you, you are able to choose it, let's say. Uh, now, what if we can uh, make the, the business operate in a way where they can focus resources on other things? What do I mean? Imagine you have uh, one person on a call center, and all day they speaking about I want to cancel my reservation and I want to do this and I want to do that. For your business, this person is a doesn't bring any value. Yes, it brings customer service. Yes, it helps uh, solve problems. But these problems can be solved nowadays by technology by itself. And this person, you can make much better use of it. I'm not saying that you let him go on the contrary make him more useful, make him do things technology cannot do, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So things like that. And I think that uh, as operating systems, rental operating systems are modernizing, uh, eventually we will have offerings like that. In the past, we had the uh, telematics, uh, you know, the expansion of telematics coming in, uh, integration, stuff like that. I think that... Customer experience is the next big thing, and that's where we're heading as well.
1: Right. That's uh, you know we have some uh, we have a client um, in Spain. is It's called Niza, and despite the fact that, as you said, most of the transactions now are controlled or by those brokers, these third parties. Anyway, <laughs> these guys develop their what they call full inclusivo products. So it means most of the ancillaries are included mm-hmm. so when you look at the price it's double price mm-hmm.
0: yeah.
1: believe me or not they have 30% of their business that goes into this product because oh. there is many clients maybe like you because maybe like me they don't want they know how it works they don't want to spend 30 minutes 45 minutes at the counter arguing with a clerk trying to sell you these ah, this A B C D insurances and stuff and try to 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 blow up your mind to say to scare you about these mm-hmm. guys and this guy. Okay, I buy everything. Yeah. Full point. Am I out in five minutes? Have a good trip, Mr. Yeah. Scuto And I put on your, your radio so then you can listen to the country music or the, the, the techno music, whatever you want, what you like. And I put the 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 the, the, the control panel in French. But when mm-hmm. you arrive in, in, in Greece and you have this in Greek, you are lost. You are not even not able to switch it on. So these kind of small details yeah, okay. can create a good satisfaction from the customer. And sometimes mm-hmm. either the operation, and you can record it in, the, in, 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 the, in wheels. You know, it's easy. Oh, Mr. Scuto wants his car to be turned in French. Mm-hmm. That's not something that is so complex. But when you arrive and you take a car and everything is written in Greek and you try to find your way in the settings of the radio to turn mm-hmm. it in into a French language, mm-hmm. it can take you some time.
0: <laughs> of course. Uh, all these... So, I don't know we, these guys. Yes. you know. Sorry, that's, uh, go ahead. Please, please, please go. Okay. I don't know these guys, but I like them already. Meaning that uh, they created something different something unique, they took the risk, and it worked out for them, you know. Uh, So it's uh, like, uh, they stand out from the crowd. And when you stand out from the crowd, uh, there will be a piece of the people that really want uh, your uh, product. In the US, they say, uh, even if you put uh, five of trash outside your house there will be somebody coming by that wants to buy it you know there is always somebody that wants to buy your product your product has to reach to them so I, i'm sure that this guy spent a lot in advertising in google in whatever they do to bring the customer in and they made sure that the customer uh got the right experience that's correct. for example uh when i go on holidays with my family. Uh, It's seven days a year, but I'm going to relax, okay? And these seven days, I don't want drama. I don't want to wait at the airport. I don't want to wait for the car. I don't want to wait for the hotel. I want everything to be perfect. And I don't mind paying this extra money for it, okay? It will save me uh, drama. I can tell you a story. I had a customer in a Greek island Uh, It was a weekday, 3 p.m., 40 degrees heat. And there, there is a road near the beach. And all the car rentals and rental scooter are one side by side, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like 50. I see perfectly. You know, 50, all discount cars and stuff like that. So it was this guy, his wife, and three kids. The wife was carrying the baby and two kids at 3 p.m., and he would go to the first car rental and say, Okay, I want a car for a day, how much is it? Let's say 35. The second 34. Can you, he went down 50 car rental companies. His wife was sweating, the kids were yelling to find it how much 25 20. You know, This mentality is personally something I, I, not only I don't like, I find it ridiculous. I mean, either don't rent it, take the bus. But if you are not going to rent it, respect your your family and don't make this a drama. So this guy spent one hour of his life uh, torturing his family under 40 degrees and he saved five bucks. Great job, you know, success. Uh, so for me there are brands like uh, airlines like but I would never fly and uh, car rental but I would, I would never rent uh, yes I appreciate that it's a low cost but uh, it's a low quality also this Absolutely. is what I have uh, end up you cannot have everything otherwise if it was low cost and everything perfect everybody would be out of business they would be the only one they trade yes. off something for that, you know.
1: And what have changed recently? So we are talking about AI and 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 um, your 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 concern about it. Um, something that's changed recently, also in the current old business, is the uh, the um, the arrival of the electric cars. I would say not really chosen by the car rental operator, mostly forced either by governments, by fiscal, or eventually by car manufacturer because they need to reduce their, CO, their CO2 their uh, CO uh, uh, emissions. So then they are forcing you to say, hey, guys, you want to buy 100 cars, but you will have to buy uh, 20 electric. Otherwise, I don't sell any uh, to you. Um, is this this new type of car at the change in your, in your, in the way you are running, uh, or you have to run operations, or it's simply the same car as any of it. So you have to measure not the fuel, but the level of battery and these kind of things. Mm-hmm. And, um, my second part of the question is, do you see this as a, as a future, this, uh, this way of maybe sharing cars or, uh, having purely electric cars compared to the regular fleet? Uh, what is your feeling about that?
0: Okay. So first of all, uh, Indeed, electric cars uh, brought uh, necessary system adjustments, okay. The first adjustment, as you said, is that I'm not measuring uh, fuel, I'm measuring uh, electricity. And uh, the price is not per liter, it's per uh, kilowatt hour or whatever it is. This is the first change. Uh, There were other changes now that needed to happen on an operational level. One of the changes is that a car that returns you can uh, take it to the gas station, top it up, and adios. But when the electric car needs hours to to charge, at least to the 80%, which is the norm, you understand that uh, if all the cars return to you empty, battery level empty, you have an operational problem. So Mm -hmm. what we have seen is that uh, rental agents, when they have this, they start asking, hey, where are you staying? And depending on where are you staying, they're trying to estimate how much battery you need to go there without uh, having to charge after, I don't know, 20 kilometers. So it brought operational changes. It brought, uh, you know, uh, chargers. And uh, we are members of the Open Charge Alliance. And one of the things we're doing is that uh, we are supporting currently the Open Charge Alliance protocols on wheels. So a charger that supports protocol number i think 201 i don't remember the number uh, when you plug it on the charger i know which knows which car is on the charger and i can alert you when the car is at 80 percent or what or whatever threshold you put so i have the cost attributed to the car the the energy bill and i know operationally Uh, that you are charging this car, and not your own car or uh, something like that. Now, for the end user, the electric car poses challenges. Okay. Now, uh, one of the challenges for me is safety. You can drive a car like a Camaro, I don't know a fast car. But when Emmanuel is on the Camaro, I can hear him coming from 100 meters away, you know. The electric car is the silent killer. If my mom takes an electric car and drives it, it's going to be chaos. Zero, one hundred in three seconds and totally silent. You won't know what hit you. And you're going to receive a tunnel of light. It's so fast. Imagine a young kid. Uh, first young driver getting on this electric car, nobody can hear you coming. And uh, you you can go to massive speeds, where in uh, traditionally, you have to have a supercar to, to achieve these speeds. And when you drive a supercar, people tend to notice that you are uh, coming ahead. So that's another thing. Uh, regarding the CO2, I have to say that in my opinion, this is a big bubble, you want to say it a big myth. Uh, yes, the car doesn't emit, but what did we emit to get this car in your hands? What is the CO2 uh, consumption to produce these batteries? What is Absolutely. the the cost to the environment to dispose these batteries? You know, this planet has a problem. We had electric cars since uh, uh, early in, nine, in 1900. We had the first electric cars. The first cars were electric in the market you know, why did not it move on? Because we don't have a way to conserve energy, energy is lost, and batteries are simply not efficient. The way at least in the last uh, 150 years, our batteries are not efficient uh, to, show, to store energy. That's mm-hmm. one thing. The second thing is that really tomorrow we will go fully electric. I, I read somewhere that if we stop using electricity, And I mean, totally, not even a TV, not even this podcast, not even internet and everything. And we use it all. We could charge 40% of the total fleet in the world. So imagine this, that we stopped using energy anywhere, nothing, not even a cell phone to charge, just to charge 40% of the electric cars. So for me, my product has to be there. I don't want my customer to be constrained by my personal uh, beliefs, but don't, I don't believe in an electric uh, car or EV, but I think that uh, EV is a big hype and uh, it, uh, it's a matter of time that we come back to hydrogen or other uh, alternative solutions, which are much more energy efficient Uh, less uh, CO2 and no problems about disposing all these batteries. I really want to see, first of all, where these batteries are going to be disposed in a few years in the bottom of the ocean. Where are they going to put them? And second, uh, lithium and all these uh, minerals, two of the biggest production countries, Russia and Ukraine, are currently at war. So we don't have the resources to build the battery. We don't have what to do with this battery. We don't have a way, first of all, uh, to make sure that this battery doesn't lose its performance over the next year, you know. that This battery, the the efficiency turns to charge. It's like a cell phone. Keep it on the charger for a week and ask me uh, after a week, you know, I will ask you how long does it take? After 10 minutes, it will be gone, you know? It will be dead. The battery dies if you keep it on a charger by design. So I really don't believe it. I do it, and I'm, as I said, part of the Open Charger Alliance. But we, I don't think that uh, it's gonna be anywhere uh, as they present it. That the whole world will be electric, you know. Okay. My opinion, okay, of course. Interesting.
1: no yeah, no that's interesting your 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 point of view. So thanks for 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 sharing. Um, but
0: what so do now, you think about it?
1: I, I agree with you. Honestly, uh, for me, that was uh, that was something that has been decided too quickly. and uh, There was too much uh, uh, governmental orientation for that. And uh, we are not prepared. We are not secure on how to manage the supply, how to manage the battery. We are under the control. You said uh, Ukraine and, and uh, Russia, but we have also the control of China on this uh, on this, uh, how do you say, rare soil or, or rare supply. Those, uh, um, So yes, it's a, it's a major issue of dependence as well. Uh, I think we are usually a bit too fast on that. Yeah. So I'm not super uh, fan yet. I think it's a great technology move, but I don't think it's the... Necessary the right move, or it's not as, as it's not the solution with a big S yet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um now we come close to uh to a, to an end. I would like to um to uh have um a few things from, from you. Um after so, so many years, how do you continue to progress? How do you continue to learn new things? Do you have some tips uh to, to share with the uh with the audience is a particular yes. way that Vasilis is doing uh, at his, I don't know, maybe 50s or close. I don't know how old are you exactly, but uh, yes, close you to You are there. I'm, cl- yeah. I'm
0: near 50, yeah. Okay. 49 <laughs> point. So, okay. Yeah.
1: Um, so how do you learn? How do you progress uh, regularly?
0: First of all, uh, one thing that my grandfather, who was one of the persons that inspired me, told me is that always stay humble. But first. uh, And so, uh, even if we had big successes, and big customers coming on board, we never judge the person by the numbers or account, rather, by the ideas, but the level of collaboration. So fit on the ground, don't get uh, you say fit over your head. So, this is one thing. And the second thing is uh, competition. Uh, My grandfather used to say that uh, if you are uh, running a race without competition, you will end up second, he would say to me. You will never win. Why? Because you have not this uh, stress, this pressure to always be in front. Wheels, uh, it was not about the, the product, the first version, the second version, the third version. It's about what we've been doing and we keep doing 20 years now. Every week, we release a new version. Be it minor updates, be it minor improvement, be it in a two columns on a report that some customer has been adamant to get. It doesn't matter. Always improved. So uh, even if tomorrow, let's say, somebody came in, in Wills, and take our source code and launch another product and then call it I don't know. Steering wheel. And you have two products. Yes. Technically, he has what I have today. But that's the most common he has. Tomorrow, he's gone. He's outdated. So we try to compete with ourselves, to rethink things. We try to dare to do changes where we see people, you know, sitting on a comfort zone. Okay, nobody complains about it. Why should I change it, you know, if it doesn't break? Don't change. Don't touch it. No, we like to break things, to rethink, and to improvement. And this is well accepted uh, by our customers, provided you know that you don't uh, disrupt them. This small continuous improvement uh, is something that is uh, good. So 20 years now, I've been listening to customers. I have never worked as a rental agent. Okay, so. I don't have feet on the ground there to see what's happening. Yes, nowadays we have a lot of people here with strong uh, current background. They've worked in different areas, operations, pricing, uh, rental agents, uh, you name it, fleet uh, costing for leasing. We have people, so we have this know-how inside. But uh, we really listen to our customers we take every suggestion uh, seriously, of course, resources and time are limited. And we always implement uh, what is more popular has more demand is more open. And it's not something very, very limited to what a single business may need. Because the product now has a lot of customers, it's not easy to uh, make all these adjustments and not lose track, you know, uh, quality and assurance processes testing and stuff like that uh so I think that twenty years we've been doing that and uh i hope that uh we we for the next at least 10 years i, I don't retire we'll be we'll keep doing uh, the same uh, strategy let's say and uh, pattern of uh, working
1: i've I've read uh recently a book called the infinite game from simon Sinek, mm-hmm. and uh, the guy said that uh, we we have to for these companies and this is what we build i how we build uh we yield is to have a just cause so something that um drive our client but also our team together on the daily uh, on the daily uh, um, uh, operations and work, but also to have these confident teams, worthy rivals, as you said. So yes, mm-hmm. we have competitors and it's good to have competitors and we respect them for the way mm-hmm. they do. And uh, you said also that you have this permanent uh, um, way of thinking out of the box, looking for new ideas. The, the, the guy call it as the exen- existential flexibility to make sure that uh, we keep... We do not keep it for granted, and we always look for something uh, different to improve the quality of service we deliver to our to our client. We don't do everything, but what we do makes sense to them, and I think it's extremely uh, extremely uh, important. So we are really common way of seeing between wheels and uh, and wheels. So it's uh, it's good. So uh, I recommend this book, uh, The Infinite Game, from Simon Sinek. It's extremely a uh, good uh, good
0: thing. I and read uh, the. Ah, uh, sorry. please, please so, uh, I'm speaking about books. I read uh, two books recently. The one was the 5 a.m. Club. I don't know if you read it. It's pretty popular.
1: 5 a.m. Club.
0: Yes. I, if you have not read it, trust me, it's worth it. Okay. Uh, it's about how, on a personal level, how to change your mindset and how to set your day. And the first thing to do is wake up at 5 a.m. You know. This is what so I do a... now
1: from California because, to, in order to talk with my team in, in Europe, I have to do yeah. it. So I wake up every morning at five. I start my first meeting at six, and honestly, give me so much energy; it's unbelievable. <laughs> so...
0: Yes. So this is a very good uh, reading. So, uh, and uh, I also recommend a few other books. We can talk it about it some other time. Yes, please share. And chef, you will you tell you will... me. You will tell me about your book later. I will take a note. And uh, I want to take a little bit. If you say it's good, I'm gonna try it.
1: Uh, I, anyway, I, in the podcast references, um, I will put the, um, the 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 script, and I will put all the ref the the, the book also we have discussed. All so uh, this Five a.m. Club will be will be listed also as a note, and I will mm-hmm. put the the name of the Infinite Book as uh, for Simon Sinek as well. Um, how do you? Um, if you would now you are 50 and you could go uh um backwards at the age of 18 what mm-hmm. would you what kind of advice would you give to Vasilis mm-hmm. 30 years ago <laughs> if you would have changed something or if you meet this guy now you are 50 close to and mm-hmm. you meet a guy of 20 like Vasilis what kind of advice would you give him
0: mm-hmm. if
1: you would give any
0: yeah oh <laughs> Vasilis, for sure, has done every single mistake there is uh, at any level, okay? Meaning that uh, a business-wise, uh, lack of experience, you can say it. Uh, I don't know how to say it. Always, you know, not. Uh, I'm not saying about a mistake in a bad way, but uh, things that you could get done better, let's say. So I think, first of all, that... Uh, it's not always about hard work. It's not about uh, going into the football field or in the rugby field, because I know you like rugby and friends play today and good luck. And uh, so you don't take the ball and start running around and passing and jumping and don't. At some point, you need to stop. If you see football matches, the midfield runs, gets into near the opponent's uh, area, but outside, steps on the ball and looks around to see the field. Okay. Sometimes I was so busy working that I never touched the ball to see the field. So I was out of subject you want to say out of concept. Uh, So I would say that hard work and it's but also strategy Think, not Mm -hmm. only do. what I would give myself, uh, tell myself, and evidently, sorry, if I give it so long, uh, get out of a comfort zone. Uh, I was lucky. I was a person that uh, if you had asked me 15 years ago about the podcast, you would never receive a reply. I would always give you an excuse. I was a, the person that would never get out of my comfort zone for any reason. I always had a good excuse to say my comfort zone. Uh, it was what took me out. And actually, she didn't took me out. She kicked me out of my comfort zone, a bit abruptly. And uh, she made it so that I can go and in, into conferences where there are 50, 60, 100 people and get up on the stand uh, and talk or uh, answer uh, difficult questions, you know, openly and honestly and transparently. And uh, I thank her for uh, this. And I say that this is the advice I have to give uh, to everyone and to myself as well.
1: Thank you very much for this uh, this uh, this uh, intimate uh, exchange with the with the audience. Um, can we follow you somewhere? Um, do you have any particular LinkedIn account or Instagram on something on which we can connect yeah. with you? If somebody wants to connect with you,
0: well. Uh, I have an Instagram account, uh, but uh, to be honest, I'm not uh, really active. I usually browse, you know. Uh, I'm not really of a poster. I usually read posts. People can find me and reach out to me on LinkedIn. I can give my uh, personal, uh, my mail, which I read and I reply actively. Unfortunately, I'm not much of a social media. I admire what you do with these posts, you know, on a monthly basis, on a weekly basis because it's not just about posting it's about posting something interesting you know so when you post something i like to read it uh, i would post when really i have something to say i will never post something just for a click or a view uh, yeah. i respect everybody's time you know so i, I it's not I, I'm, I'm posting occasionally you can follow our page uh, uh, you can follow me on linkedin you can text me whatever you want Thank you very
1: much for this uh, this exchange, Vasis. It was nice. We are, uh, I I think it was, yeah, we are close to two hour discussion. So it was really, really interesting. And I really thank you for having uh, dedicated this time with me today and for the revenue machine podcast. So, uh, I wish you a, a good uh, success. I know we will meet soon on some travel fairs that are coming. We are in autumn. This is the travel fair season in most of uh, in Paris, in London, in Rimini, in Italy. So uh, we start the, 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 the fair season and we will meet together. And uh, we'll meet also in Greece very soon because I'm going to, to visit uh, you and the uh, various uh, Greek clients uh, we have in common there. Yeah. So thank you very I... much,
0: uh, Vasilis, for your time. Thank you for the invitation and uh, we'll see you soon in person. Ciao. Bye-bye, Vasily. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.
1: You reached the end of the Revenue Machine podcast. I hope you enjoyed this moment of sharing ideas and tips. Give us a five-star if you liked it. That's the only way to be seen in the Magmouth podcast. You can also forward this podcast to two other people you love. Wheel Team is available to help rental operators who are frustrated by the data they have and the data they would like to have but also the one who wants to be guided along their revenue transformation process. Contact us. Bye bye.